It's time for episode 177 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, February 22nd, 2017. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, a podcast that just moved into its spacious new facilities in the internet. I'm Jason Snell, your co-host, and across the internet for me, my co-host, as always, Mr. Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. How do you like the new digs? It's, it is spacious in here. It's, it's yeah. a little bit echoey, which is not great for podcasting. That's but true. We'll put some things we'll, up we'll, on the walls. We'll, we'll put some tapestries up. We spared no expense. That's all I'm saying. This we have is the many finest. Fine tapestries. We worked with an, uh, an internet architect, and it's never looked better. Uh, this is Clockwise, of course, where we talk about four technology topics in less than 30 minutes with two wonderful guests. To my left, you know him from such podcasts as Back to Work, Roderick on the Line, and Irreconcilable Differences, and Dubai Friday. Oh my God, he makes so many good podcasts. It's Merlin Mann. Hi, Merlin. Hello. You put so many things out into the world these days. Stop being so great. <laughs> oh, you. I. You know, I would just talk all the time. I'm... Might as well put ads on it. To my left, the second of our guests, another returning favorite co-founder of Civil Comments, Krista Morgan is back. Hi, Krista. Hi. Nice to be with you guys. We're so glad to have you back. You make delightful things on the internet, and you try to make it a nicer place for everybody, and that is not nothing these days. That's right. <laughs> All right, so it's time for our four topics. I am the designated co-host, so I guess I need to go first. Here's my topic. I, I referenced it earlier. Apple's new campus has got a name now. It's called Apple Park. You may know it as the spaceship. It will be in use beginning in April, where they'll start moving in employees. And it made me think of a, a broader question about the places where we work. I'm curious, panel, what's the best physical work environment you've ever had? I'm not talking about like the, you know, that nice boss that you had. I'm talking about like the building, the windows, the the desks, the, the carpet, stuff like that. Um, and what was it that made it a nice environment? Marlon? I am so the wrong person to ask about this. Uh, it's my deeply held belief that the arc of history bends toward working alone in your underpants. And at least how that's, that's how it's been for that's me. That's a totally valid answer to say. <laughs> I think that might have been Martin Luther King. My, my desk. And what made it that way was the underpants. You could say that. <laughs> right. And the hunching. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't like other people. So my first job, I had uh, an office with the door that closed. Uh, and I liked that a lot. And that was kind of, it was kind of like working on, it was like moonlighting with Macintoshes, uh, basically. But honestly, my favorite, my favorite environment, this is a, I'm, I'm popping the stack here, but my favorite was the summer that I delivered flowers after high school, which is the best job I ever had. I made almost no money, but I, I loved being untethered, just being in a car, driving around. Uh, I, what I'm avoiding saying is I just don't like the open plan environments. Even when you've got things like quiet rooms and huddle rooms, I don't know how people do it. I guess people who were raised in that take to it, but I've never taken to those kinds of environments, no matter how nice the windows are. I'm trying to think. I, I worked in a lot of windowless rooms and basements for the first half of my career. <laughs> uh, and those none of those particularly stand out. And then I've been working out of my home for 10 years. So I guess that's probably the best environment I've ever had. I mean, it's a bit of a mess. I'm looking around my office. It's a bit of a mess. It's nothing too special here. But, you know, the stuff that I have here is all stuff that I picked and, and got myself. And that feels kind of nice to have that kind of control over your environment. I remember working in offices in which it was here is what you get you know and my favorite story about that was uh, when I worked in back in doing web development in IT um, my partner at the time or my 
the the other technology guy in that company, we sort of had these half cubes across from each other, and we realized that we couldn't really see each other because our desks were in opposite directions, and the half cube walls would stick out. And so you could kind of like lean back a little bit, and there'd be like an inch where we could kind of see each other and talk to each other. And one day we just were like, you know what? Screw this. And we grabbed some screwdrivers and took the half cube walls off. And it was like, wow, this is so much better. Um, so, you know, I think it's about having control over your environment for me is what makes it really comfortable. Also, Windows. Windows are really good. Mm. I did not like working <laughs> in a windowless room and or a basement. So, yeah, I'm going to say my current environment is my favorite. Um, I think I agree for the most part. Uh, when I worked from home for over six years, it was just really great to be able to set up my office there. I wanted it to be. I had a treadmill desk, although I have a treadmill desk now um, in our big shared office, and it's nice to work with people somewhat, but working from home was the best. But actually, like uh, like Merlin, I think my, my favorite work environment was uh, a job where I was, you know, paid the least. When I uh, was in my 20s, I worked in Yosemite National Park in a backcountry camp that you have to hike to get to. And I mean, this is not uh, luxury accommodations. It was like, you know, the walls are, are canvas, um, except for in the kitchen. That's like the one sort of actual building. Um, but you know, you spend most of your time outside, um, at 10,000 feet elevation and it's amazing. And that's probably my favorite work environment. There are a lot of things about my current environment. Like Dan said, the, uh, the fact that I picked all the stuff and it, I, I can commute here with one step, but I'm going to, I'm going to think back to my office days and say that we had an office on Howard street, uh, that Macworld was in that, uh, they, they renovated it for us. And it was, it was, um, basically floor to ceiling windows down a whole large wall. So it was really well lit. There was one side that had offices on it, but they had, they had glass windows. So the light came in there and then the cubicle area had this huge amount of light coming in. It was a brand new build. And the thing I really loved about it is it didn't have a drop ceiling. It had the exposed pipes and stuff. Um, which meant that it would just felt so much more open that way. And, and, uh, we moved from there to a, a much more conventional space that was sort of like, um, I should also say like the, uh, the cube walls and the carpet were like bright colors. They were like kind of golds and things. And we moved from there to a place where the, the building I worked in the longest, where it was all gray and beige and the, it was darker. There were there were fewer there were uh, fewer windows because there was more office coverage and it had this really dingy old drop ceiling so the whole thing felt like completely claustrophobic. That was not a pleasant office. I I was <laughs> always thinking back to that old and the Ma- and and actually the MacWorld Lab in that building was spectacular because it was an enclosed space of its own inside but it was it was uh it still got a lot of light because it was sort of a glass pod that you would go inside to be in the lab space and then outside its glass window windows were um the the outdoor windows looking over san francisco it was it was a really spectacular space i think about it a lot that said you know when i was in a cubicle there you know i wore headphones it wasn't the greatest and i am i'm I'm pretty happy with my workspace now but boy i love those i love those high ceilings they were great all right that's my topic time for topic number two merlin what do you have Mine is about uh, sending technology to the cornfield. Um, to, par- <laughs> to paraphrase Robert Frost, not everything that stays is actually gold. And we sometimes uh, keep stuff around or suffer things really up until the point we realize it's driving us nuts and is not worth the effort or the uh, worthiness. 
Uh, so I'm curious, what's one bit of more or less modern technology in whatever aspect of your life you choose? What is one bit of technology that you are currently this close to kicking to the curb forever? Oh, man. I, you know, I've been racking my brains about this all morning. And I, I know that when the show is over, I will come up with the perfect thing. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, I'm going to go for uh, something that I get kind of annoyed about. And those are um, external hard drives. I think there's just something weird for me about having all these like boxes around with cables snaking out of them and just being frustrated with constantly not being sure. You know, I have these things there. They're for backups. They're for extra storage sometimes. And they just seem to proliferate. They're one of those things that just keeps getting like no matter how many times I think I've like shaken the habit, <laughs> it's more seem to keep cropping up. Uh, and they just, to me, I, I feel like cloud storage, though it has its quirks and its its problems, it seems so much more elegant. And, uh, you know, to, to link it back into the first question, it certainly cleans up my work environment when I don't have a lot of these stupid gray boxes sitting around in a bunch of places. So I, I'm saying that pending whatever I come up with 20 minutes after the show is over. My my frustration currently um, is sort of this, this long... Um, a long-suffering uh, thing that that extends from from iTunes, um, maybe circa 2006, but has evolved into this hatred now of Apple Music. Um, you know, the the app, um, the streaming service, um, everything. I just want to punt it into orbit, never look at it again. But at the same time, so I had you know I had iTunes Match. I you know I had um, yeah, I've been I've been trying to use Apple for my music for so long um, and had been so frustrated um, for many different reasons over the years. But I was one of those people, you know, like I had an iTunes match library, it got all messed up. And then I tried at the Apple music service, I'm still using it. And now my library is just, uh, you know, a wasteland. Um, I have, you know, very little of what I used to own. And of course, I've gotten rid of all the physical media. Um, so basically, I just want to burn it down and start over. But I can't find another streaming service that I really like. Um, Pandora isn't really for me, I want to be able to play, um, you know, full albums and things and they just don't have the offerings that I want. Uh, Spotify, I just don't like using the app. Um, I liked Ardio, um when it existed. Um, and uh, I'm a little sad that it went by the wayside. Um, so now I'm going to give uh, Amazon's streaming service a, sh a shot. Uh, we have a, an Amazon dot now. Um, and so it'd be nice to just sort of play things from that. But man, I'm just so frustrated um, by Apple Music. And um, it's terrible. And I'm a sad person. <laughs> Sorry, I sound bitter. I am. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to do something that's a little spin on that, which is the the all of the accoutrements of sort of the iPod. Um, I have a physical music library, you know, a, a CD library that I ripped, right? So I've got these files on disc. And I feel like as I use streaming services, my reliance on those becomes less and less. And they're in, they exist in my library because of iTunes Match. So that's great. But um, I start to get to the point where I realize, like, oh, but the album version that's on Apple Music is the deluxe remaster with the bonus tracks, and I've just got this CD that I bought 15 years ago, and and I and I also now know that if I leave a music service, I'm going to lose all the music I've discovered for the last two years, and it, it, I'm starting to realize, like, am I really ever going to go back to just using relying on that? Uh, that set of files that I've got. So that's part of it. And then the other part of it is syncing things over a wire to a device. Like, I was still syncing movies and TV shows as recent as uh, late last year to my uh, iPad and iPhone via iTunes. And I realized I think 
I'm, I think I'm ready to give that up too, since I can do things like load them on via Plex onto the Plex app on my on my iPad and just forget the doing that iTunes dance altogether. Um, uh, so that's that's sort of the the media syncing and dealing with music files and things like that that I feel like I'm I can tell that it's moving away. And the other thing I'll mention is that I, for years I used the um, uh, the Logitech Squeezebox and before that Slim Devices music players. They're great. I still have one in one place in my house. I'm essentially using it as a clock at this point. And at some point I know I'm just going to have to give it give it up because um, it just shows the clock and the temperature outside. But until I can find something to replace it that satisfies me and something has hasn't yet. I'm still using this ridiculous piece of technology and running a whole music server in order to not listen to music, but to look at the time and the temperature outside. <laughs> and it's just, it must stop eventually, but but not yet. Uh, I feel you on all of those. Those are all good. I've never spent more time preparing for a topic than this. I so easily <laughs> spent 45 minutes just draining the wounds of my mind to, to get all the things out that I hate. <laughs> Uh, if this were a draft, I could do an hour on this. I, 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 I never want to see another fax. I want the U.S. postal system burned to the ground. Why are we using signatures for things? Stop pushing me notifications. I don't want to use email for anything. But the winner, I'm going to say credit cards. Having now oh. used Apple Pay uh, where it's available for a while, I think the whole idea of credit cards is ridiculously on its face broken. And I feel like the whole idea of credit cards really needs to be rethought. I don't have the answer, but that's why some of you out there get the big bucks. Apple Pay or whatever, we've got to come up with something better. But thank you all for your answers. Those were fantastic. Wow. I agree on that. That's a, <laughs> oh, I, I don't God think about odd, yeah. I don't think about credit cards as technology, but it is, and it's bad. You know, having just on the way back from my my doctor appointment this morning, I stopped in at at a grocery store, bought some cookies, and walked out without with like using my watch. Like it is futuristic. Yeah, it is so much better than the credit cards, which are so broken. I did a Kickstarter the other day uh, that I signed up for, and I did, a, and it was like, oh, you can pay with Apple Pay, and I'm like, oh, damn. It's like instead of lingering at the Kickstarter page, going, do I really want to back this? I was like, okay fine and that was it it was bought you've already paid for it amazing amazing all right that's two topics down we have two topics left to go let me tell you about one of our sponsors this week it's blue apron the number one recipe delivery service it has the freshest ingredients for less than ten dollars per meal blue apron delivers seasonal recipes along with fresh high quality ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals you know wednesday is not just clockwise day it's actually my blue apron delivery day and we'll get two meals to take our family through the rest of the week and we've been using this for more than a year and it's really Great. We get to select what meals we receive. So they they have different options. You can go on their website and see sort of what the options are and pick the ones that speak to you. If you have picky eaters in your family, certain kind of foods that you don't eat, you can usually navigate it. And if it doesn't work out one week, you just skip that week and they don't charge you for that week. And then you pick up with the next week. So it's super flexible. Or if you're going on vacation, you do the same thing. Our kids are uh, are taking a trip with their grandparents this week and we skip this week because, you know, the, we, we get the family version of it. So uh, and couldn't be more flexible. If there are any issues, they have a guarantee. If you have an issue with any of the ingredients, they will make it right immediately. The contents of the box are remarkable. The beef, chicken, and pork are coming from responsibly raised animals. The produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. And the recipe, it's an easy-to-follow, step-by-step recipe card with pre-portioned ingredients that can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. You will learn how to make a dish. You can repeat it later because you get to keep that recipe card. And we remake Blue Aprons that we loved 
all the time. And no recipes are repeated within a year. So your diversity of meals is going to grow. Among the dishes that you can cook yourself in your own kitchen, consider cashew chicken stir-fry with tango mandarins and jasmine rice. We had that. It was really great. Crispy barramundi with quinoa and roasted carrot salad. We didn't have that. I don't really like fish that much. And vegetable fried rice bowls with cauliflower, gylon, and fried eggs. An amazing diversity of foods. You make it yourself in your kitchen, and they deliver to 99% of the continental U.S. So check out this week's menu. Get three meals free with your first purchase, including free shipping, by going to blueapron.com slash clockwise. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to make these meals yourself in your own kitchen. Blueapron.com slash clockwise. Thank you, Blue Apron. A better way to cook. Dan, it's your turn. It is indeed my turn. I saw an interesting article talking about the portrayed gender of voice assistants and noting that of the major ones on the market, Cortana, the Google Assistant, uh, the uh, Amazon Echo, and Siri, only Siri actually lets you change the gender of the voice or the sound of the voice that reflects the gender. My question for you guys is, do you change Siri's voice? Do you use the default uh, American female voice or do you use something different? And if you could change it uh, or if you could change any of those other voices, would you? Why? Why not? Like, what are your feelings on that? Krista, what do you think? I, um, yes, I use the British male voice um, for Siri and I have uh, for a while now, maybe a couple years. Um, I just really like having a British manservant. I like to <laughs> pretend that, you know, he's doing my bidding. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think it's just really nice to have options. Um, that, that is one thing that's, um, you know, not as fun about the, um, the Amazon dot that we have is that it just has the one voice. I think, yeah, I think all virtual assistants should have, um, gender and, uh, voice options, um, for, for different preferences. And everyone should have a British manservant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using the default with Siri. I did try, I think, my iPad. I very rarely use Siri on my iPad. But I did. I do think I changed um, my iPad so that it's an Australian lady answering me. And every time I trigger mm-hmm. it, I'm like, ooh, it, there's somebody else on the iPad. <laughs> it's kind of entertaining. But the fact <laughs> is, it just, yeah, it, it's, I've, I've sort of stuck with the default only I, I don't even know why, just because I don't know if I care enough about it. But um, you know, I did I did play around with all the different voices, and and I might I might be inclined. I actually think the biggest thing would be to change the uh, the assistants so that they have different voices. Because now that I also have the Amazon Echo, um, their voices are not the same, but they're they're similar enough that it might be a nice differentiator to think of one of them as the as the British manservant and the other as the <laughs> I don't know, American lady who lives in a can. (laughs) I've got uh, the British lady uh, and because I think it's very pleasant. She has a very pleasant voice and I get so angry at Siri so much of the time that I I find it very soothing uh, to hear her voice. If I could get, uh, I don't know, there's lots of people I would enjoy having. My friend Alex, I would like to have her be the voice in my Siri. I would like that a lot because I love her voice. Maybe uh, Clara from Doctor Who would Mm. be nice to have on there. But I don't think we're quite there with the technology yet. Yeah, uh, I'm going to high-five Krista because I, too, have the British male voice for pretty much <laughs> the same reasons because who doesn't want to have you know a British robotic butler at their disposal at all times? Um, I do think that they should open up the options on all of these other devices. It seems to me that uh, given all the different things that these thing, that these devices can do, that the voice synthesis part of it is probably one of the easier technologies um, because it doesn't have to do you know voice parsing and stuff like this. Um, so I, I kind of hearken back to the old days when there was a GPS unit, I think, that had uh, the ability to download voice packs for it. 
Um, so like you could have actually like celebrity voices. Like uh, I feel like you could get like directions from Mr. T or something like that. Um, so you know, I don't know if I want Mr. T necessarily in my robotic voice assistant, but uh, I guess I I would pity the fool who would not want Mr. T. So yeah. <laughs> Thanks for your thoughts on that. Let's uh, get our last topic of the day from Krista. Well, the last time I was on the show, um, the very first photos of and references to the touch bar on the Mac um, had just been released. So now it's been out in the world for a while. We've all probably had enough time to play with it and use it. Um, and what I want to know is, are you finding it actually useful? Do you use it regularly? Uh, do you accidentally <clears throat> invoke Siri constantly? Um, what do you like uh, or what may- needs to change um, about the touch bar going forward to make it actually useful? Uh, I, I don't use it a lot because I am uh, mostly using uh, a desktop Mac that doesn't have it. So I've used it uh, when I was doing my review of the of the 15-inch MacBook Pro with the Touch Bar. And I've used it a couple of times since then kind of for reference when checking out things like uh, like uh, the new version of Logic that supports it. Uh, the first thing I did was change the control strip so that Siri uh, the Siri button wasn't there because I didn't want it there. <laughs> uh, and, and that was something that I did keep tapping. Um, I had to learn how to hit the escape key. Uh, because I was hitting it endlessly and I had to sort of change my the way that I was sort of lazy with some of the fingers on my left hand in order to, to uh, type other keys. I was brushing against the escape key. I think it's fine. I think, I think it needs to progress. I think one of the challenges on the Mac is that there has not been a lot of software innovation on the Mac for a while now. And so, you know, Apple's sort of pushing it forward with their apps, but other apps are, uh, are slowly integrating it. I think nobody really has, has hit on the perfect way to integrate uh, with the touch bar. So, like, there are moments in certain apps that I think, oh, this is fantastic. And then there are other moments where I think, why is this, you know, why why is this even necessary? So it's a it's just kind of a mixed bag right now. And the problem is, unless somebody really, like, pushes this tech, and, and that means, I guess, Apple needs to keep pushing it and keep pushing what the software does, it's uh, it's just going to kind of sit there. I personally after using that the uh the the touch bar macbook pro for a while the the thing i miss the most of it is the touch id sensor not the touch bar uh yeah i i haven't even seen one of these in person yet um i don't even know if i've seen it in an apple store but we're still at home there are our main home computer because we mostly just use ipads but when we need a computer at home we're still hobbling along with a 2010 macbook air that really really needs to be replaced so there may be one of these in my future with that said uh i i i really am keen to see how it works because i am so interested in how ios in particular and potentially mac does a better job of giving smart, persistent, contextual affordances for stuff I don't realize I use a lot. Like I, I would love to see more options in all app, in pretty much all Apple products. I would love to see more options for helping me learn how to be more productive, how to save time, how to not have to page through uh, various things to find an app. Anything that can make that graphical and in my face with some intelligence is useful to me. And also, if you have any advice on which of the many different Macs I should buy, I would definitely, <laughs> definitely take it. <laughs> That's our next show. Our next show is all about what Max Merlin should buy. Um, <laughs> I've only used a Touch Bar MacBook Pro very briefly in a store. I remain unconvinced about the utility of it for a lot of the reasons I think that were discussed in the lead up to its launch. As a touch typer, I'm not sure that I find it useful to have a non-tactile set of controls that I have to then look down at. I'm also not sure that adding additional information to that as a display makes a lot of sense for me compared to like looking at stuff on the main display on the Mac. So 
I it's certainly not compelling enough that I'm going to go out and buy a MacBook Pro with a touch bar. If Apple decided it was going to launch a magic keyboard or or you know peripheral with a with a touch bar integrated, I might have some interest in that just to try it out and just to be able to experiment with it. Um, but I, I just, in the end, I feel like a customizable like touchscreen like that does not seem like it's the most useful thing to me. And, and I'm not, you know, it doesn't certainly doesn't want me to make me go out and spend money. Like like Jason, I feel like the idea of Touch ID is much more compelling. And I really would like to have some sort of peripheral that can uh, take advantage of that on, say, my iMac. But yeah, the touch bar. I'm still I'm still pretty meh about it. Yeah, I'm solidly meh as well. So um, so I've been using it uh, for a while. Although I will say the the Touch ID is is fantastic, and that is by far um, what I use the most. And you know I've started to use the um, app specific controls, but it's uh, yeah it's it's still just kind of wonky. Uh, I've also run into some problems of the escape button disappearing when I really need it, um, like to uh, hit Command Option Escape uh, to force quit a program. Uh, it has a tendency to just disappear on me when I most need it. Um, but then beyond that, too, I'm constantly hitting Siri accidentally, um, which is annoying. So anyway, that's my take on it. I have I have high hopes for it, though. I feel like it's a, the right direction and, you know, to, to supply more contextual contextual options, you know, in the moment um, is going to be a good thing eventually. But for now, it's it's very all right, I think that's four topics down. Thanks, Krista. Uh, Jason, do we have enough time for a bonus topic? We do. The bonus topic this week, Dan, brought to you by our sponsor, Mac Weldon, which is making clothing that is, quite frankly, better than whatever you're wearing right now. They believe in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. It's super easy to buy this stuff. You go there, add stuff to your cart, check out. It's a very nice shopping experience. The more you buy, the more you save. But really, the story with Mac Weldon is not their website. It's the stuff that they sell, the clothing, underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants. Uh, it's comfortable. It's well-made. It looks good. I bought some Mac Weldon socks, and it completely changed my life. I I uh, went from the white uh, sweat socks that I've been wearing my entire life, and I started wearing their stripy, uh, fancy, colorful socks. And I was like, "Whoa, colorful socks! Where have you been all my life?" And the white, uh, the white socks are banished. They're banished now. Thanks, Mac Weldon. The underwear is super comfortable um, as well. They have the silver line that's naturally antimicrobial because they contain actual silver, which is, uh, and that means that they have no odor. Uh, it's cool science stuff involving how silver interacts as an antimicrobial surface. Uh, they want you to be comfortable too. And that also comes to the comfort of ordering things on the internet that you were going to wear. So if you don't like your first pair of Mac Weldon's, you can keep it and they will refund your money. No questions asked. The underwear, socks and shirts look good and perform well. They're great for anything in everyday life, going out on dates, going to work, working out, whatever it is, Mac Weldon can help you, and you can get 20% off with the code CLOCKWISE at MacWeldon.com. Thank you, Mac Weldon, for supporting this show at Relay FM and making me uh, have nicer, more interesting socks. All right, here's the bonus topic. We talked about workspaces at the beginning of the show, so to wrap it back around, do you have a beloved object that you keep near you when you're working? Uh, that, you know, kids have their little plush toys and their their loveys and all of that, but, you know, I've got an orange foam brain on my desk that I occasionally will, like, pick up and throw and squeeze and stuff like that. And I'm just curious if you have objects like that that you like to look at or or play with or just know is close by when you're working. Merlin? You know I envy you, your orange foam brain. What I have is a silver uh, hotel lobby bell that I really recommend everyone getting. If you have one of these on your desk, every time, any, anytime you just have a good moment, you hit the bell. 
If something amuses you, you hit the bell. This is your own version of Pavlovian uh, conditioning. You will become a happier person if you get yourself a bell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me. That, that, that was me. I have one of those, too. I also have an orange foam brain, courtesy of Jason. So I feel like I'm on a roll here. But the thing that I have that is mine, which is sitting on my desk right now, and this is going to be hilarious, and I hope my mom's not listening because she'll roll her eyes. I have an orange plastic Han Solo blaster. Uh, why? Because I just like like to twirl it on my finger when I'm thinking sometimes, and then you can shoot it and make noises. Wow. Nice. Um, I have a little American flag that I like to look at now. <laughs> Good old days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. We have reached the end of Clockwise. Uh, just time to thank our guest, Merlin Mann. Thank you so much for being back on Clockwise. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. Always a joy. Krista Morgan, thank you so much for being here. It was a delight to have you as always. Oh, thanks so much for having me back. It's great. All right, Dan, we'll be back next week with more Clockwise. Indeed. It just never stops. Just can't get rid of us. No, indeed. But until then, we remind everybody out there, thanks for listening. But watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye. All right, everybody needs to record if yeah, you're not already recording your own microphone. Um, I'm recording. I have a microphone. Don't don't record anybody else's microphone. Okay. No, <laughs> that would be weird. Although I do occasionally get a microphone that's the wrong microphone. That's yes. Very amusing. The wrong microphone is the name of my uh, it's the name of my children's book about podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite uh, Nick Parks uh, animation. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.